Hello, Disney fans, and welcome to the show. My name is Austin Terrace, and I'm joined here today by my wonderful sister, Emma. Hi, everyone. Coming up on this episode of Disney Daydream, we don't talk about Bruno hits number one on the Billboard Hot 100, the Disney Wish Maiden Voyage has been delayed, and Disney Cruise Line introduces Pixar Day at Sea. Later on, we'll talk about some forgotten Disney World restaurants and attractions that deserve more love. So, take a little break in your busy day, and let's start daydreaming. fan of our show, make sure that you are following us at DizDaydream on Instagram. Make sure you've liked our Facebook page, Disney Daydream Podcast. And if you can, wherever you listen to us from, please leave us a rating and a review. Doing that helps more people discover our show, so we would really appreciate that. And if you would like to support our show financially, we do have a Patreon page that is patreon.com slash DisneyDaydream, and we offer our patrons some perks for being a donor of the show. The perk I like the most is the fact that you get access to exclusive mini-episodes that we release just to our donors at the end of each month, and Emma, we've covered such a wide range of topics on those mini-episodes now, it's kind of hard to even list them all, but... Uh, they're travel topics, trivia topics, music topics, um, TV and movie topics, so uh, a whole, whole bunch of stuff. We've been operating that Patreon page for, I want to say, two years at this point, so that means we have well over 20 episodes that you'll have instant access to. Our show is sponsored by those wonderful patrons and by Daydream Travel Agency, Experts at planning the perfect trip to Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, or Aulani. You can head over to daydreamtravelagency.com for more information or to request a quote. You want to work with somebody who knows Disney travel really well because they will be there with you every step of the way through the confusing process that is the Disney booking process nowadays. They make it pretty hard and um, it's good to have somebody who keeps up to date with all the latest stuff. Let's head into our news stories for today, and first, we're going to talk about a song that's called We Don't Talk About Bruno. It is now number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It's from the movie Encanto, and believe it or not, this marks the first Disney animation song to rise to that number one spot since A Whole New World in 1993. So 29 years ago was the last time that had happened, and that kind of shocked me. The soundtrack for Encanto itself is also leading the Billboard 200 
So this makes it the first song and soundtrack to lead both of those charts simultaneously in Disney's history. First time ever. You heard that right. We Don't Talk About Bruno is charting higher than Frozen's Let It Go or The Lion King's Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Encanto has now officially taken its place as the next Disney movie that has children completely obsessed. And nowadays that type of obsession drives our popular culture. So streaming also plays a role in this. That completely changes the landscape. Because we know that kids want to play the same song in the same soundtrack over and over again, especially if the song is catchy with those really fast lyrics and kind of tongue twister lyrics as well. We Don't Talk About Bruno has both of those elements. And I can imagine that if Spotify were around 50 years ago, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious would probably be a chart topper if that was the case. And it might seem a little bit shocking that a movie that had, by Disney standards, a really average performance at the box office could rise to this level of popularity three months later. But the song is TikTok bait. Have you heard... Well, I mean, it's popping up on TikTok all over. I'm not, like, on TikTok much. Emma, can you confirm? You're probably on it much more than me. (laughs) Yeah, it's all over TikTok. That's why when I heard about this, I wasn't surprised. I've actually talked about this with multiple people over the past few days, and we've all come to the consensus that it's really because of TikTok that it's so famous. It is all over TikTok. Um, yeah. All parts yeah. of this song. So, yeah. Completely agree. I mean, the the song just invites participation and creation from listeners. And I don't want to drop, like, too many terms on this Disney podcast. But nowadays, it's all about being a prosumer and a co-creator of content And it's just, you're taking a more active approach to participating with media. And just like you said there, Emma, I mean, that's why this song is doing things that no other song in Disney's history has done. And we shouldn't be mad about that. It's not necessarily a comment that this is the better song than everything else that's come before. It's just a different way of experiencing music that we're in, in the year 2022. And that's why, like, it's it's number one over the Family Madrigal or Surface Pressure or anything else that's on that album. And uh, Latin pop is also pretty popular now. Uh, if we think about how kind of Despacito changed <laughs> that landscape a few years ago, and now we have Camila Cabello, so it's more mainstream. It's just like a perfect storm of circumstances for Disney. And I could be wrong, but I think that this film's sudden rise in popularity, like three months after it debuted at the box office, now it's cemented in my mind as the Oscar frontrunner for Best Animated Feature. And it was going to be another like year where I was kind of confused about that. I was like, yeah, Encanto, but we also have to consider Luca and things like that. But now I think that Encanto has really shot out above everybody else in that category. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I definitely personally wouldn't consider Encanto better than Luca, but now, as far as popularity goes, everyone's talking about Encanto. Like, it's just, like, all around, I think, 
at this point a more popular movie so i wouldn't be surprised if it is the oscar frontrunner yeah and one of those things that kind of turned me off a little bit about the music and we mentioned this on a previous episode was the fact that to me it was very similar to other things that Lin-Manuel Miranda had done and I'm just a little bit I've been exposed too much to his work which is great work but there's always a limit and I kind of have hit my limit and we don't talk about Bruno is very musical theater-esque especially towards the end with everybody's different musical themes coming together at the same time it's like an ensemble finish that wasn't a good thing for me even though I mean it's cool but I was like oh I've heard him do this a lot of times before, but for other people who don't have as much experience with, I guess, Hamilton or In the Heights or other things that he's done, it might have been like a new type of thing. So I'm sure that that plays a role as well. But okay, if you haven't seen Encanto, now's your time. Make sure that you're you're in the know. I'm counting down. We have two days until uh, the the Oscar nominations are released. And I will be streaming that while I'm in class on Tuesday morning. So, gotta gotta prioritize. (laughs) Emma, why don't you uh, share your news story with us today? Okay, so the maiden voyage of the Disney cruise, the new Disney cruise ship, The Wish, has been delayed from June 9th to July 14th, 2022. So that's kind of some unfortunate news. But guests booked for the Maiden Voyage will be auto-booked onto the new one with a 50% discount. And guests on other effective voyages can either choose a full refund or use a 50% discount on a future cruise departing by December 31st, 2023. Um, Here's the announcement that Disney Cruise Line is sending to guests with um, cruises booked. It has been nothing short of magical to see the excitement build among our guests over the past year as each new detail about the Disney wish is revealed. Our cast and crew, as well as our partners at the Meyer Wharf shipyard, have poured their hearts into bringing this magnificent new ship to life. While we are all eagerly awaiting the ship's debut, today we must share that our anticipation will, unfortunately, have to extend a bit longer than initially planned. The shipyard has notified Disney Cruise Line that despite their very best efforts, they will need more time to finish the ship due in part to the pandemic and particularly the arrival of the Omicron variant in Germany at a critical point in the process. As a result, Disney Cruise Line has no other choice than to delay the maiden voyage by a few weeks, which will regrettably affect sailings through mid-July. Disney Cruise Line will be sending an email to guests on these sailings to share this disappointing news and inform them of options available to make, a vac- to make vacation memories with their families. Guests who were booked on the original maiden voyage will be automatically shifted to a new sail date of July 14th at a 50% discount. If they are unable to move to the new sail date, they will have the option of either a 50% discount on a future cruise departing by December 31st, 2023, with any originally paid funds converted to a future cruise credit or a full refund. We have temporarily paused the sale of all Disney Wish sailings while we process these changes. As a result, all affected sailings will no longer be visible online or in the Disney Cruise Line Navigator app. On February 8th, Disney Wish sales will resume and new sailings may be booked online. 
The Disney Cruise Line Contact Center will also be available to assist in booking new Disney Wish sailings beginning February 8th. During this pause, unaffected Disney Wish itineraries will also not be viewable online. While the adjusted timeline is disappointing, what remains unchanged is our dedication to creating all new enchantment aboard the Disney Wish. The new ship will be a celebration of Disney's rich legacy of storytelling, bringing to life the fantastical worlds and beloved characters at the heart of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars adventures like never before. Our teams at Disney have never been more optimistic about the future and cannot wait to welcome families aboard the beautiful Disney Wish. All right. Well, <laughs> they definitely handled this with a lot of thought towards the guests that are affected by that. And it's really cool that they're going to have a pretty considerable cruise credit because the rebookings are at 50% of the original price. So I know it's a little bit inconvenient for people, but in terms of value, that's pretty great. I'm sure executives were fuming when they heard about this, though. Yeah. Like, that is just a really... Horrible inconvenience for the company, and it's going to cost him a ton of money. Right. It's, all it's all these delayed. rebookings. Yeah. It's being delayed by over a month. So that's over a month of voyages that they have to rebook. That's just... Yeah. Rebooking for cheaper. They're making no revenue off of those that are going to be canceled. And yikes. Like, <laughs> the Myworth Shipyard does phenomenal work um in germany you know is taking covid precautions really seriously so uh they're they gave a very polite message outwardly and i'm sure internally they are screaming about this <laughs> also like the there was such a huge delay just to begin with right mm -hmm. it it's already the maiden voyage is like a year later than planned when you set that final re like reopening date you think that okay it's got to happen now <laughs> and, yeah. and it's going to be um pushed even further along so mm -hmm. if any of you were hoping to get on that maiden voyage we feel for you right now and hopefully you can you can make that new date of july 14th another uh disney cruise line announcement that is kind of exciting and not disappointing is the fact that Pixar Day at Sea is coming to the Disney Fantasy in 2023. This will be a day-long celebration that includes uh, themed dining, character encounters, dance parties, and theatrical musical experiences that culminate in an epic deck party in the evening. Here are some of the things that have been confirmed as of now. So for character encounters, from morning until night, guests will dance, play, and interact with their favorite Pixar pals, including Buzz, Woody, and Bo Peep from Toy Story, Mike, Sully, and Boo from Monsters, Inc., Joy and Sadness from Inside Out, Doug and Russell from Up, and everyone's favorite supers, Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl, and Frozone from The Incredibles. For entertainment. A new nighttime spectacular will call upon Disney Cruise Line guests to help the Incredibles save the day. A first-of-its-kind theatrical experience will bring to life the beloved story of Miguel and his family from Coco through live music and puppetry. 
Families will be able to join their favorite characters from the beloved Pixar films for a dance party bash. And then character dining. We have a new interactive character dining experience hosted by Sheriff Woody, Jesse, and Bullseye. We'll kickstart the day with sing-alongs, cowboy serenades, and all the country breakfast fixins. Families will enjoy a Pixar-themed dinner with dishes inspired by the Pixar Animation Studios' California locale. And guests will immerse themselves in undersea magic while dining an animator's palette with visits from some of their favorite Finding Nemo friends, including interactive conversations with Crush. The only thing I'm confused about there, Emma, is isn't that kind of the idea of animator's palette already? Yeah. Doesn't it already include a conversation <laughs> with Crush? At least it yeah. did many years ago. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, the <laughs> why are they marketing that as if it's new? That's not... Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly, that's exactly what happened when we were on the Disney cruise. And when was that? 2012? Like, Yeah. <laughs> that's not a new thing. <laughs> Been around for a while. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, my favorite part about this announcement was the immersive entertainment stuff. I think that a new nighttime spectacular, adding some fireworks like Incredible Saving the Day... That sounds like a lot of fun. If I were going on one of this, the thing I would be looking to forward to most would be this Coco show. And I just love how Disney does puppets. Gotta love the music from Coco. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things. You're like, we've wanted more Coco in the parks for a long time. So getting it on Cruise Line is, is great. Yeah. I think that's really exciting. I would love to be part of this. And I, I love how there are so many character encounters, too. Like, yeah. That's a lot yeah. of characters. It is. And it's it makes sense to want to give guests more opportunities to interact with characters on the cruise ships. Because sometimes that can feel a little bit limited sometimes. And especially with all of the COVID stuff being able to actually have a meaningful interaction with characters is something that hasn't happened in a very, very long time. So I think that they're, they obviously assume that character interactions by 2023 are going to be back to what they once were. And I think that is a really cool goal to have. Of course, um, this is only available currently on the Disney Fantasy, and it is part of select seven-night sailings, okay? So from um, between, like, January and March of 2023, there are currently nine sailings that will include a Pixar Day at Sea. So those you can already book. You can already go online, uh, get your stateroom if you're really interested in that. But, of course, it does make those sailing's quite a bit more expensive. It's kind of like if you're wanting to do one of the Star Wars days at sea, you know, same type of price increase for that experience. The, that will cover our news stories for today. And for our topic, we thought that we would talk about some forgotten restaurants and attractions. So much is changing and new things are opening at Disney World all the time. We always love to experience those new things and 
popularity at attractions at restaurants can kind of ebb and, and flow. So Emma and I have identified a few things that deserve a little bit more love. So that topic is coming right up. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to jump into our topic for today. We are talking about forgotten restaurants and attractions at Walt Disney World that deserve some more attention. We've come up with three for each category, and let's go ahead and talk about the restaurant side first. So the first one that I identified was uh, technically... uh, not a forgotten restaurant. So I'm already breaking my own rules, (laughs) but maybe more accurately, this should be described as a, an undiscovered restaurant so far because it's so new. It's La Creperie de Paris in the new expansion in France at uh, Epcot's World Showcase. And I identified this because Emma, do you remember walking back there and trying to peek over the fence to see the construction happening for Remy's Ratatouille adventure. Yeah. Uh It's like, it's a little bit back, like off the beaten path (laughs) in terms of like world showcase stuff. You really have to kind of walk a little bit. So if you're planning a trip in the coming months, just know that there is a new restaurant that opened along with the attraction and that is the creperie. And they actually have two locations. One is like a sit-down dining location. And they also are going to do a quick service crepe place. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. And you you have hundreds of dining options in Epcot, it seems like. Um, this is something that, you know, you should keep your eye on. I've heard some mixed things. I, I mean, I have heard a lot of good things. I'm just interested in in this place because with a crepe place, you know what you're going to get. They have sweet and savory options. And if you're in the parks when it's 100 degrees out, sometimes you want a snack that's not going to make you feel like crap if you're eating it outside walking around. Because I love going to the quick service spot in Mexico. I don't know why it's uh, slipping my mind what that's called at the moment, but... Sometimes eating nachos when it's super hot in that outdoor pavilion area is kind of a lot. So uh, having a crepe as a light snack is a great thing. So there's my number one. Uh, What did you come up with for your first restaurant? This one, um, we really discovered um, during this last trip it's sleepy hollow and liberty square and um magic kingdom and it's like a little counter service restaurant that has like mickey waffles and like they have mickey waffle sandwiches and stuff uh we discovered it because it was our second day at magic kingdom and we were waiting for the park to open and these people like right by us were talking about it and 
then recommended it to us for breakfast. We got it and it was great. And I don't know why we hadn't been there before. So um, it's a little bit hidden, I'd say, but definitely worth checking out. Really, really great Mickey waffles there. I don't know who they have working in there cooking those up, but it had no business being that good. It was really good. (laughs) And I feel like people don't go there much because it's located in Liberty Square. And although that's like a, it's a central Magic Kingdom location, it's kind of just a location you walk through to get to to the next spot, right? It's not like the attraction heavy location that you're spending a lot of time in. So that's why I feel like we've probably never paid attention and given it a shot. But heck, it's a really price effective way to get your, your fix of Mickey waffles and it sure beats suffering through Chef Mickey's or some of the other places that serve them. (laughs) Yeah. So totally agree with you there. My second place is the Splitsville Dining Room. Splitsville Luxury Lanes. Bowl and eat your heart out. You could come here to eat and not bowl at all. The food is just that good. We went to Splitsville for our first time a few months ago, and I loved it. The menu's incredible. Uh, the food that we did try was really, really good. And one day I am going to get the freaking sushi there that's apparently incredible. Even though uh, in 99% of bowling alleys, I would not trust the sushi. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it would remind me of like gas station sushi, but not here. The food is fantastic. Uh, people rave about this place. And I feel that the casual Disney vacationer probably doesn't take it into account very much. (laughs) They just feel like it's going to be your average bowling alley food, which is pretty crappy and would give you food poisoning, but it's anything (laughs) but that. So definitely something that is worth trying the next time that you're in Disney Springs. And we just had such a fun time being in that atmosphere and having some fun bowling before we hopped on a super late plane. Yeah, it was really fun. My next restaurant dining experience, I don't know if it would be considered forgotten, but uh, I said the Tomorrowland Terrace because we did the whole um, happily ever after firework dessert reservation thing, and it was awesome. They had some great food there, like great desserts, and then paired with a great seat for the fireworks like that was awesome uh highly recommend it yeah I think everyone should experience that at least once I think it was a great experience and I'm not sure if a whole lot of people really know about it yeah it's very unassuming like if you were to try and eat there earlier in the day you wouldn't think anything of it you'd be like oh Mm -hmm. okay this is like a just a regular quick service spot, nothing special. But this place is great because of those special event add-ons that it has. And yeah, there is like no better place to relax and watch the fireworks. It's also not ridiculously expensive by Disney standards to participate in that. I like you can you can blow a lot of money a lot more quickly and not get like a prime seat 
for the nighttime spectacular with a lot of great food, drink, and dessert options. So I think there's a lot of value to doing that, and it's definitely more than meets the eye. It's not just a regular quick service location. My last one is a little conglomeration of, of places. It is the boardwalk dining area in general, consisting of the Abracadabar, Big River Grill and Brewing Works, Boardwalk Bakery, Boardwalk Ice Cream, Flying Fish, and Trattoria Al Forno. I think that the boardwalk has become less popular like after Disney Springs opened. And that is now the place to go to eat and hang out and to experience like the entertainment side of Disney. And that is like well deserved. I love the Disney Springs area. But here's the big thing. Flying Fish has just reopened. And that is one of the best restaurants on property. I haven't experienced it. It's just it has that reputation. And people who are huge into Disney and locals who are down there all the time, Flying Fish is going to come up as one of their favorite places. Nobody knew why it was closed for so long, but I believe either one or two weeks ago, it finally reopened. I mean, Trattoria Al Forno, uh, pretty good food. I want to try the Big River Grill at some point. I really love the Abracadabar and the bakery and the ice cream places are nice as well. So I think it's just a little bit forgotten nowadays. I know that when we visited there, it was pretty, it was like a ghost town almost. <laughs> it was really empty. And granted, we weren't there during like a peak time of the day, but I was still surprised at how few people were kind of out and about at the boardwalk. And it definitely deserves more love. It's such a beautiful area, and there are a lot of great things around it. Yeah, going to the boardwalk is always really fun. Um, but yeah, last time it was really empty. It was weird. But yeah, it was it my... was just like the hotel people. You could tell yeah. like they the people staying at the resort and that was pretty much it. Yeah. My last restaurant is the Jungle Skipper Canteen restaurant. I put this on here cuz we also went there this last trip and it was so fun. The it was like I mean, it's like based off of like Jungle Cruise and the skippers are your waiters so they're really funny like it's the same kind of vibe like they're joking around a lot um it was really fun and the food was pretty good and um yeah i i enjoyed eating there i know we all really enjoyed it yeah excellent food and fantastic interaction with cast members and you really can't beat that also, the design of the place is cool, too. The ambiance is, yeah. you could just look around there all day and keep discovering new things around every corner. Each dining room has a very specific type of layout and feel. They're all really different, and the menu is pretty expansive. It, and it's, an, it's a good place to, like, try something new because it doesn't have, like, mm -hmm. your standard options that you might think of when you're eating inside of a theme park. If you want to kind of have a little bit more exciting of a meal. It's an excellent place to go to. And something yeah. that's still fairly new. So yeah, I'm not sure that a lot of people know about it or think that it's worth 
the time out of a Magic Kingdom day to sit down and experience, but it, it definitely is, without a doubt. Let's go to our forgotten attractions, and the first one that I thought of is Turtle Talk with Crush. Now, with attractions like this, I don't have any desire to do Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor again, because that is so cut and paste. Everything is always the same. Turtle Talk with Crush, though, is more personalized, and the experience changes from time to time. But it never seems to be, at least over the past like four or five years, really popular. Like you, you only have to wait for the show that's running before you to end, and everybody gets in for the next show. And I maybe. It, that has something to do with like kids not being as familiar with Finding Nemo. I don't know how popular of a character Crush is nowadays with, with kids who are like between the ages of 4 and 10. Um, but regardless, I think it's a really well done attraction. People are laughing their heads off every time. And the kids, without fail, seem to enjoy it. So I think it's underrated. I think it's sometimes forgotten and, and glossed over. But uh, it deserves a lot of love. I definitely agree. It's so funny. It's funny for all ages. So, and I love watching kids, like, I don't know, interact with Crush. We don't always do it, but um, if we decide to just hop in there, it's cute. Yeah. Um, And it's not something that, as a group of traveling adults, that you would need to do every time, of course, but... You should not miss it if you're bringing kids. And it doesn't matter if your kids are familiar with Crush or not. Like, if you can show them the movie before your trip, fine. If you don't, still go. It'll still be worth it. It's a talking sea turtle. Like, that's still cool. (laughs) (laughs) My first attraction is Journey into Imagination with Figment. I love this ride. And there's, like, rarely ever a wait. Um... I don't know why I like it so much. I mean, it's it's like a typical dark ride type of thing, but um, I don't know. I think it's entertaining, and I think it's funny, and, like, I always enjoy doing it, especially because not, like, a whole lot of people take the time to go and do this ride, but um, I think it's worth it, for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a love-it-or-hate-it attraction. But that's true. But I mean, I, I agree. I, I like it. <laughs> You'll end definitely thinking about the song. I, I'm happy after I, I experienced that attraction. And it's one of those that's been around for a long time. So if you're into like Disney history, it's been in there for now 20 years. And um, Figment is so cute. So Love all the Figment merchandise, and (laughs) uh, I think that Figment's one of those characters that people will, that's a hill they will die on, defending Figment, so. (laughs) Yeah, I I would die on that hill. Yeah, it's got a small but very, very loyal and and passionate group of supporters, and those are the people that are probably in the queue all the time, because yeah, if you have to wait more than 20 minutes, come back later, because the wait will will shrink for sure. (laughs) Um, my next one is the Animal Kingdom Exploration Trails. So this isn't like a quote-unquote ride. 
This is something that you can experience just walking through uh, the Animal Kingdom Park. That includes the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail, the Oasis Exhibits, and the Maharaja Jungle Trek. A lot of people probably forget that there is actually so much wildlife and animal things happening inside of the theme park. It's not just about riding rides and then going like to Pandora and stuff. Animal Kingdom is so much more than that. And if you want to have like a zoo experience, you can spend all day doing zoo-like things here. Um, these, these exploration trails are not usually crowded at all, but who doesn't like walking around and getting to see like gorillas and orangutans and then tigers and all these exotic birds and things like that. It's a fun time and it's, it's something really cool to do because Animal Kingdom does a phenomenal job of presenting these animals in a natural habitat without it feeling like, oh, this is kind of sad because I just see them locked in this cage in a very tightly enclosed space. For what it's worth, it seems like the animals are enjoying being wherever they're at. <laughs> they at least look happy most of the time, and they do a great job of keeping it authentic in that sense. Not letting you see the barriers that have been constructed to keep you safe from a potential lion or tiger attack. <laughs> yeah, definitely really cool to see all the animals. Uh, we, yeah, I think it's something we could do more often. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, and we found that we'd kind of done everything in Animal Kingdom our last mm -hmm. trip, and we had some time. That would have been a great thing to do, and. Yeah. We just kind of <laughs> forgot about it. And that's why I was like, oh, I need to include this because I, I wasn't really thinking about doing any of those trails and multiple of them exist. That yeah. It's a good way to spend 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. And going off of that, um, my next attraction is the animation experience at Conservation Station, which is also an animal kingdom and... Um, Conservation Station is something you kind of look over. I know that, like, when we were younger, we would go there for character meet and greets sometimes. Um, but they have, of course, I'm talking about this as I'm in school for animation, so this interests me a lot. But um, it was really fun. Like, you got to do this... Um, like draw along class type thing with an animator uh, and you drew a, a Disney character. We drew um, young copper from Fox and the Hound. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. That was one of the things where we were like, well, we have time. So might as well like fill up our day by doing this. And it ended up being a lot of fun in my opinion. And I, I think we all enjoyed it, but I really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, I did not think that I would enjoy that, but I did. I'm horrible at drawing, but even my picture came out pretty well. Like, yeah. the cast member interaction that you get there, too, is phenomenal. The people teaching the class are great teachers. They keep it light, they keep it interesting, and you're going to leave with a pretty 
well-executed piece of art, even if you have zero experience. It's something that's enjoyable for all ages. It shouldn't be limited to just kids. And they do have some kid-oriented programs at Animal Kingdom, like the Wilderness Explorers, but this is not just one of those. I think that anybody from the age of 5 to 100 would have a great time here. As long as you can, you know, hold a pencil, you're going to have a really fun time. My last attraction that is forgotten is a group of things. <laughs> so, man, maybe I'm, I'm copping out on a lot of these, but I think that the Epcot World Showcase attractions are forgotten a lot of the time. This includes the American Adventure, and, wow, that one, if you need a nap, we've said this before, it Great is a beautiful for a location for a nap. But it also includes Beauty and the Beast sing-along, Canada Far and Wide, Impressions de France, and Reflections of China. A lot of these are videos that are presented in a 360-degree circle theater. They're cool. It's kind of like a nerd who's interested in things like that and different cultures and places. I like all of those films. I kind of forgot. You, I mean, you can see the Voices of Liberty perform nowadays. They're back. That's a phenomenal thing to do. The American um, exhibit has like a museum and in the rotunda area the voices of liberty perform and they're fantastic but there are all these little hidden gems and they're not the big e-ticket attractions so i feel like they're kind of forgotten um people don't come to have like an educating experience which is okay but i do think that it's edutainment it is like an entertaining form of learning something. I think it's an engaging way to learn. And I love the the World Showcase attractions. So I think you should give give it a shot. If you've never seen Canada Far and Wide, give it a shot. Same with Reflections of China. And that is a beautiful, beautiful building that you can go into before that movie in the China Pavilion. Yeah, I was just going to say, like... Those videos themselves are really cool, um, but the areas around them, like you have to get to Canada far and wide, you can like walk behind this cool waterfall. It's really pretty back there and you wouldn't really explore it unless you were going there. So I think um, it's definitely worth it to check out these videos. Great way to get out of the heat as well. And if you're not like wanting to just shop all day, th those are some other little breaks you can use. Um, and they're actually entertaining. So my last attraction is star tours. I love star tours. And now that galaxy's edge is open, I think that it's really overshadowed by the attractions in galaxy's edge, but I, don't think we should just like dismiss it sure smugglers run might be a little bit more entertaining for some people but i mean it is more involved you actually have to do stuff but star tours is still really fun and they have updated it recently they have been adding new scenes like with the new generation of star wars i guess um and i've 
I always find it really entertaining and there's like never a wait. So you can basically just walk right on every time. So I think it's definitely worth doing. And a lot of people don't feel the need anymore, which is valid, but I think it's still worth it. Totally, totally agree. This definitely deserves to be on a forgotten list because it went from having like a very consistent 30 minute wait to times where you can pretty, you just walk on like 10 minutes and less, but it is still fun. I was in the camp of not thinking that we needed to do it, but I'm glad that we did. Because, I insisted. <laughs> yeah, it, and they do a phenomenal job of keeping it updated and exciting. I I loved it. It's still it's still a great attraction that deserves a lot of love and attention. I'm struggling to think of another attraction that had such a short wait that was so much fun. Because we always talk about, you know, the three caballeros and going mm -hmm. on Grand Fiesta Tour, which is, I mean, not, not a phenomenal attraction. It's enjoyable, yeah. but Star Tours is still really funny and mm -hmm. exciting. And now that it is like five to ten minutes, wow, it is hands down worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So those were our forgotten restaurants and attractions at Walt Disney World. Things to keep in mind for your next trip because typically they attract a smaller number of people, uh, which, you know, provides some good value because you can really do these things without waiting for too long and you can still have a great time doing them. Uh, to recap, we had the Creperie de Paris, Splitsville Dining Room, the Boardwalk Area, Sleepy Hollow, Tomorrowland Terrace, and the Jungle Skipper Canteen Restaurant. In four attractions, we had Turtle Talk with Crush, the Animal Kingdom Exploration Trails, the Epcot World Showcase Attractions, Journey into Imagination with Figment, the Animation Experience at Conservation Station, and Star Tours. So that is going to do it for this episode of the Disney Daydream Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and that you'll join us for the next one. Remember, be kind to one another and take the time to find a magical moment in each and every day.